0: Welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Today we are in front of the home of a man here in Pickering, Ontario. His name is Vas Pachanovsky. It was one spring day in March 2018. It was a very cold and cloudy day, and he was struck with a triple tragedy. His his wife, uh, Chrissy, his uh, youngest daughter by the name of Vanna, and his son, Roy, were murdered. What a horrible, horrible tragedy. And how was he supposed to deal with all of that? Right after all of this tragedy, he had to deal with his own grief. He also had to console his his eldest daughter, who was the only surviving family member by the name of Victoria. But he was not alone. He had friends and family who were around him, a community of people who stood by his side to support him.
1: Besides his family and friends, Vas received incredible support from people that he didn't even know at the time of the murder of his family members. God started speaking to Vas Pashanovki and led him to a loving church where he was treated with incredible love, support and kindness. Not only did Vass become a born-again, baptized Christian, but he somehow managed to forgive the accused killer and murderer of his wife and two children.
0: I have no idea how he did that. How was Vass able to find it in his heart to forgive someone who murdered his family and took them away? Well, today we're going to let Vass tell his own story. And so come with me inside as we talk to Vass Pachanowski. So Vas, thank you for inviting us into your home. Um, what we're going to talk about is, is, is very heart-wrenching and I know from talking to you that this is, you know, this is something that's, that's very personal and I do uh, respect you. So I don't want to talk, you know, about things that, that might uh, be too sensitive. I want to kind of go back in time, like before you met your wife, before you even had a family. And uh, talk about your childhood. Talk about um, what happened uh, in the past. What kind of a person were you uh, before this? Yeah, um, different person from who I am today.
2: That's for sure. Great childhood, growing up uh, in the city of Toronto, Greek town. Happy family. They provided great. Living in the city, uh, especially near the downtown core, you do. Uh, surround yourself with, uh, you know, uh, people that are into, getting into some trouble and mischief. And as I grew up, I found myself following that path, chasing girls around, starting to experiment with drugs and drinking, thinking about myself, thinking about the next party. So it was a, it was a, it was a tough ride. Uh, I experienced a lot of low points in my life, a lot of times that i really did not like myself the next day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and tell us um did your life change after you married chrissy and had your three beautiful children
2: i would say five years four to five years into our marriage is where i slowly started leaving my past behind me and becoming a better, better father and husband, um, the best of my ability at that time. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it did change, it did take some time though. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was a, there was pretty big hooks sunk into me with the, with, with the drugs and it was sort of hard to, to let go of uh, right away. It wasn't immediate, it was a
0: slow release, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And now you're married and you're, you're moving in a good direction, was there a pivotal time when, when things really changed for you?
2: Yeah, and I guess I'll give you a little bit more backdrop in our, in our marriage and who I was at the time. So throughout our marriage, um, Chrissy was a really good woman, but um, me as a person at that point, um, there was something wrong with me. And it might've been after all the years of what I'd gone through in the sinful living and not really fixing anything, not realizing I had to fix anything with my past. You know, I began to be a distant husband. She reached out to me with a lot of love. There was times where I would, over the smallest thing, I would blow up and I would yell and I would, words would come out of my mouth that were just so hurtful now that I look back at it. And it didn't even bother me at the time. And it was just sort of the person I was, but again, very prideful. In 2014, um, I became aware that she was having an affair. Uh, that devastated me. It absolutely sure. devastated me. Yeah. And I think more because my pride and realizing how could she even consider another man or look at it like I provided a beautiful home, I provide roof, food on the table and you know, these silly, prideful, earthly thoughts of of thinking I was being a good husband or thinking I was being a good father. And really, it was probably the worst four months of my life. The pain, the tears, the hurt, uh, the feelings of revenge, and how am I going to get back at her, and how am I going to, you know, uh, go through it. I found myself getting in my car at 11 that night and driving on the highways up until 6 in the morning and just crying and just trying to, to get rid of the pain that was inside of me. There was a moment, I don't remember the exact day, but there was a moment where I'm still struggling with this and and I just, I call it, I heard a voice, but I think it was more now that I look back, it was God speaking to my heart. And the message basically said, look at yourself, look into the mirror, yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. you
2: know, really look at yourself. I started looking back at our marriage and I started looking back at how I treated her and how I treated my kids and how I treated people in general and you know she was really trying to make the family unit work and I pushed her away and I understood that her her having the affair was a large part of my doing and I remember going to her and sitting her down and telling her how sorry I was how horrible of a husband I was to her how much she really loved me and uh how much she tried to make the family unit work and that uh, I just pushed her away and I, I asked her for her forgiveness. I told her I was sorry. I had forgiven her by by that moment in my heart. All the hurt and all the bad feelings and evil feelings, revengeful feelings that I had inside of me, the second I forgave her, that feeling just lifted. Yeah. And, 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 and the feeling of peace and joy came upon me that was so powerful. I remember saying out loud to myself that day, I am never going to change this feeling. No matter what happens to me in my life, I never want to
0: lose this feeling of peace. That's incredible. Yeah. Where did you move forward in your relationship with Christina? We had already started the, uh, the, the process of
2: separation. And at that point, even though I had forgiven, the trust was lost mm-hmm. in, in the relationship. Um, but saying that, we start becoming very, very good friends. Like we, our friendship grew so much stronger after we both forgave each other and, and, yeah. and embraced mm-hmm. and hugged. And um, knowing that we were both being open and totally honest to one another, our friendship grew to, to, to a place that we've never seen before. In that we realized we had three beautiful children. What we both realized was that no matter what we do moving forward, we have to be on the same page in raising these kids together. Mm -hmm. Even though we lived in separate homes and that, you know, when she needed to discipline the kids and they were over here, I followed through those disciplines and vice versa. Because in the end, it's all about the children, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to try to guide them in the right path. And that was a big step that we both agreed on. And it allowed us to grow in our relationship um, Mm -hmm.
0: even further. Right. So you could still remain friends even though you were separated from her Absolutely. And, and you were able to raise those kids as yes. well together.
2: We became on the same page and we began to laugh together again and, we, and that was one of our big strongholds. when we met was our friendship and our laughter. We would laugh about so much and that came back into our lives um, yeah. after that point. So yes. it did change everything and it changed me as a person from that day moving forward as well.
1: This, I think it's such a beautiful gift that you and Christy gave your children to be friends. True. And so I think it's just wonderful that God gave you this gift of forgiveness, mm-hmm. not just for you, but for Christy too, to forgive you. Yes. And in doing that, so much healing came about that you were able to provide that beautiful gift for your children. Just, you know, to let them know mommy and daddy are okay. And I think it's just wonderful. So.
3: The Lord, Lord is amazing. I've known Vass for approximately 30 years now. Um, I think he was around 16 years old. He was best friends, actually, with my brother-in-law, and they'd hang around at my brother-in-law's house. Which is... Quite often. That was was the place where everybody was hanging out. I'd say when I was about 40... 40 years old. He was probably uh, 30, 33, I think it was. And he came to me with... uh, Uh, proposition for business. At the time, I was working for Bell Canada and I thought about it hard because I had a a pretty young family too at the time. So it it would be a big change to kind of transition into your own business, right? I took the chance. I took a leave of absence from work and uh, here we are now, 13, 14 years later of uh, being uh, business partners.
4: First met Vass when um, I lived um, with my brother and in our family home. And the core group that my brother had still remains to this day the core group. When he met with Chrissy, that was a beautiful thing. And I'm I'm older, so I was raising my family while he was just starting his family. Then when he propositioned Phil, it it took him a long time to convince Phil to Mm -hmm. start their business venture. And I'm glad that he did come into our lives. Because he did change our lives.
3: Vas wasn't very religious at all. You know, uh, he we never really talked about Jesus or God. He never talked about scripture. Um, I would always read my Bible, right, from a young age. I think it was I was 12 years old when I first came to know Christ, right. And um, three years back, he started asking me. Vas started asking me questions uh, about the Bible. And I got a little curious as to why he was asking. And I'd say, well, is anything going on? The time with, um, with Chrissy, as you know, he, he probably would have told you uh, is that they separated and the reason why, you know, the infidelity, and it, it kind of hit him hard. And he was looking for answers. After weeks of talking about scripture, finally he said, you know, do you have a Bible? And I did, I had my personal study Bible that I have, and I I gave him that Bible. And from there on end, it was, I was amazed at how much he grew in in the Lord and how much it eased his, his heart.
4: They amazed me because uh, Vas had invited us over for a barbecue with um, a bunch of friends, and he said to me, oh, by the way, Chrissy's coming. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, gee, we're, we're co-parenting and it's beautiful and we're friends and, you know, we respect each other and we agree to co-parent. And I thought it was a, I was in shock and I thought it was a beautiful thing. And in walks Chrissy, her usual smiling self. And, and I'm like, you guys are weird. Like, what's, what's what? She goes, you know, we, we love our children and she goes, we're going to co-parent. And I thought that was that to me, that was a beautiful thing. And I respected them both, and their children were happy, and they saw both their parents together and coexisting. And I thought that was beautiful. And to contrast
3: that, we we do have other friends that are going through the same situation of them involving children also, and it's horrible. Horrible. You got to let go of that anger. You have to let go of it. You have to be able to forgive, otherwise it'll eat you. It was early. Wednesday, March 14th of 2018, I got a call from Vasile and I heard a little, like he was frantic in a sense that Philly goes, I can't get in touch with uh, with anyone at the, at the house. I can't get in touch with Chrissy. I can't get in touch with uh, Roy or Vanelia. I actually asked him, is she maybe supposed to be at work? And he goes, well, I called her boss and she didn't show up. So that's when I told him, I go, listen, I go, I think it's best you call 911, head on up to uh, Chrissy's house, and I'll meet you up there also. I, I just knew as soon as he was talking like that, what I heard in his voice. I just felt that something horrible had happened.
0: Vass, I just want to go to that, that fateful Tuesday evening, um, and, and really the, the Wednesday morning uh, when everything unfolded. Um, do you want to take us through that?
2: Yeah. Um, Roy was in the middle of, um, the finals, uh, the GTHL finals. Uh, he was a, he was a hockey player. Yes. He was a hockey player, a goalie. Hockey was very, uh, strong in his life and in all our lives. We've all made sacrifices. Uh, he did play at a high level. We've played in world championships in Italy. We've played in uh, a big tournament when he was 10 years old in Edmonton. So you're all throughout the States and Canada and cool. even Europe uh, through his hockey. Um, so it was a normal night. The game was a late game. I think it finished around uh, 11 p.m. And we were driving back. You know, he spoke up and he said, "Dad." Tomorrow's Wednesday, uh, it's my practice day. His mom was in charge of practice day. And he said, you know, the equipment's in the car. He goes, why don't you just drop me off at mom's? And he goes, you know, this way it would just be easier for her. So we stayed on the highway, continued on to Ajax, dropped him off that night, and
0: uh, and went home after. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they did so everything it at the time. So you dropped him off at his mom's place. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, um, you went off to work? Yes. And- Yes. So I think uh, uh, another point to add in
2: there was, during the game, uh, while we're at the rink, um, Victoria wanted to sleep over at her friends. I sent her off an Uber uh, to pick her up from her mom's, and she spent
0: the night at uh, at Charlotte's house. So she Um, wasn't home at she was not at her mom's house. Okay, Mm -mm. that's your oldest daughter, Victoria. That's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so now you're. Uh, Chrissy was at home with with uh, Roy and your youngest daughter Vanna. That's right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you went to work Wednesday morning So Victoria started reaching out to me and saying she couldn't get a hold of her mom
2: Mom was supposed to drive her and Charlotte. uh, Chrissy was supposed to drive her and Charlotte to uh, the driving school and Something hit me there. It didn't feel right because the one thing with Chrissy She was very responsible and her kids came first Mm -hmm. in her life always 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 there was never uh, nothing could stand between her and, right. and the kids. She, so she would answer her phone. Absolutely, yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like There was mm-hmm. never a question for that when it came to her kids. Or, or if there was a, a scheduled drive somewhere or if there was a scheduled pickup somewhere, she never missed the beat uh, mm-hmm. with things like that. Uh, I started reaching out to her, and she never answered her phone, and I started reaching out to Roy, didn't answer his phone. Started to reach out to Vana, She did not pick up either. Um, I felt something was not right in my gut and I jumped on the highway and I started driving towards her place. I had called 911 uh, because I just, something didn't feel right and I constantly was calling them and they're not picking it up. Just during that call, uh, something didn't sit right and I just felt something was wrong and I rushed over to Chrissy's house. Mm-hmm.
1: So the call you mean the call when you called 911 you do, you've had this uncomfortable feeling as you were talking to them
2: Yeah I mean I've called 911 in the past I've dealt with certain times where I've had to speak to a 911 operator and based off my previous experiences uh talking to the operators there's certain questions and certain Ways they, they they speak to you. This call, this operator was not speaking that way. There, I almost felt more compassionate in her heart, and it, every, it almost seemed like everything I was asking for, it was being done right away. So, so she, she knew. She knew. She wasn't letting it out to me at that moment, uh, but mm-hmm. I think she knew at the time, and that's where I, it really started uh, getting a feeling of dread inside of me. Um, so you showed up at the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, showed up at the house and. Uh, They were putting tape around the house, police were, uh, and uh, try to get in, Uh, they wouldn't allow me to. And I started asking questions and they would not, they would not give me the answers I was looking for. At one point, the ambulance, um, the ambulance drivers, they showed up and they pulled uh, a woman out of the house on a gurney, and they were working on her, and they put her in the ambulance, and, and, and I couldn't see from where I was, I could not see if it was Vanna or Chrissy at that time. Constantly talking to the one police officer, and I'm begging that police officer, just let me know, uh, is my boy okay, is you know, my girl okay? <laughs> and I found out at that moment that there was a deceased male inside and at that time. I knew it was Roy. Mm. I still wasn't sure about uh, Chrissy, and I still wasn't sure about Fun at that time, but I knew that I lost my boy at that moment. I remember just falling. Just falling, crying. Hurt, destroyed, lost my best friend. There'll ever be another day like that. That bad in my life. There's, there can't be. I lost half, more than half my family
3: that day. When we arrived on, on site at the, um, at the house there, we saw all the yellow tape and all the police, and I just kind of lost it because I, I knew that something bad was, it was bad. The police tried to keep me back. And when I was asking, where's Vass? Uh, he was sitting in the back of the, uh, one of the police cruisers with his head down and he was just, he was just in shambles. And I, I go, what's going on? Do you know? Do you know what's going on? They're gone, they're gone, they're gone. That's all he kept telling me. We were both crying, both yelling, trying to make sense of what just happened. Yeah, that was a difficult day. Difficult day just trying to console him after that i you know i try to pull myself together from there they one of the officers told us um, that one of the females they didn't know whether it was the mother or a daughter but one of the females was survived and was taken to the hospital so that's when we asked can we be taken there and and sure enough they uh, you know they took Vass in the, in the cruiser, and I followed with my son to Ajax Hospital. We waited there for a while. We still didn't know whether it was uh, Vanna Vanellia, the, the da- his youngest daughter, or, or, Chrissy. or Chrissy, his ex-wife. And finally, they said they were transferring, um, transferring her to Sunnybrook Hospital in, uh, in Toronto, being a trauma center. So that's when we, uh, we left from there. Went down to Sunnybrook, and that's when we found out it was uh, it was Vanalia, Vanna, his youngest daughter. They came back out again and said, no, there was just too much uh, brain damage. There was no activity in the brain. So they, I guess they had her on life support, and we were able to go in. And Vass was there with her, and, and Victoria ended up coming down afterwards also. Yeah, and a minister did come in and for Same final prayer. final words and prayer and that's when uh when vast decided
4: it was time to let her go and just cut the plug we mm-hmm. couldn't process what was happening and we were just in shock it was all someone was guiding us because if i think about it now i just i can't what we went through i do, i don't understand what's happened and i just someone was guiding us
3: I, you know in in my head i was i was praying i was asking god what what what's going on, what happened, why did this happen? Lord, give me some answers, give us, give us some help here. And in time, he did. For me, I got the feeling that it's going to be okay. That came upon me, it came over me. And, and, and looking at Vas, over the next few weeks, it was, you know, I saw his pain, but I also saw a glitter of light also from certain times, the way he would speak. And I knew that, okay, the, the Lord is here. He's here with him.
1: It was probably very hard for you to see Victoria too, because now she was, she'd lost a brother and a sister. And her mom. And, and her mom. mother, yeah, yeah so.
2: Yeah, it it was not easy, and uh, uh, I mean, even with Victoria, it was just, you know what, it was the one strength out of that day that I could pull that I still had Victoria with me, Mm -hmm. that the Lord blessed me with Victoria, that I I could still hold her in my arms and tell her much I love her and let her know, like, it was the one blessing, the one silver lining bright spot in that day that, that the Lord still blessed me with Victoria. It was so hard. It was so hard to deal with. I, I remember just, I, I call it zombie-like for the rest of that day, I just- i sure. I didn't know, I mean, there were still some very difficult moments in that day, moving forward, um, meeting up with Victoria at the police station, having to let her know that her brother was dead, it was not easy. <laughs> having to rush to Sunnybrook Hospital with the hope, little hope that they brought Vonda's vitals back, but then to learn that she was died for too long, and her brain activity was stopped, but having a chance to spend time with her in the hospital room, we were there for about five, six hours with her, just saying our goodbyes, knowing that at one point I was gonna have to to pull the plug on, on, on her life, and uh, a very difficult day.
0: Yeah, the very most difficult day. The most difficult,
2: yeah. I was grieving really hard. I was really grieving. And it was just before, you know, getting back to before that, um, it was close to about a year before the tragedy um, that I found the Lord. And I was growing, uh, I was growing in Him. I was learning the Word.
0: So you started to read the Bible?
2: Yeah, in November of uh, 2017, I had uh, finally realized the blessings that I had in my heart and the change in my life and in the person that I am, all goes to the glory of jesus i mean he was the reason why i was
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know there and i realized it and i just wanted to find the truth yes mm-hmm. i wanted to find the truth so you I, were searching. i was searching and mm-hmm. i like i did after my after my experience of for- forgiveness with chrissy i went down a road of thinking was it karma was it you know law of attraction i got into and i realized it was all all those Things are so empty, there was nothing, there was no foundation, there was no truth there. And then finally I got turned onto, onto the Lord Jesus Christ and I started really digging and searching for all parts of Christianity. I, I, uh-huh. I looked at every angle of Christianity and that was my journey. That was That's where my journey really started and I, I started growing in the knowledge.
0: Um, of our Lord. I'm sorry we have to end this episode but we will continue again with our next one. I would like us to to pray as as we close off. Let's pray together. Father in heaven I, you have told us in your word that uh, we're in this world and we will experience trials and tribulations. We will experience things that that we could we could never anticipate and yet you will not abandon us. You say, you promise to us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And I can see that you have done that in Vas's life. And I pray, Lord, that you will do that for each one of us. Lord, so many of us go through trials and uh, we're, we, we get our strength from you. And we thank you for hearing and answering our prayers in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So friends, thank you for joining us again on It Is Written Canada. And as Vas said, We do not live apart from the word of God. It is written as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit IIW.ca.
1: Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab once again